Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Because I can remember exactly what popped me out of radio. What was the thing that made me I think when I left, it all went downhill. No, I'm kidding. It was you, okay. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns, and today we're going to deal with one of those radio stations that is part of the Rock School Radio Network, KSKQ in Oregon, Ashland, Oregon, to be specific. This summer, we're doing uh, a lot of interview shows for our extended four shows. This is number three of four. And we're going to be talking to a DJ that's on KSKQ, Andrew Harrison. However, those of you up in Ashland, Oregon, probably know him as DJ Organic because of the new, why do I put this, uh, business he's in. And you'll hear what business he's in during the radio show. However... We met because he got angry at me because I didn't give enough props to uh, a favorite musician of his, and he wrote me an email about it, and you'll hear that during the uh, interview as well. However, he, Andrew, has worked in the second largest radio market in the United States, Los Angeles, and not just at little tiny radio stations. He has been at major stations and was on what I consider the biggest radio morning show of the 1980s, and I thought... Why don't I get this guy on the phone, do an interview with him, and see what he thinks of what's happened to radio today and what radio was like. I mean, the salad days to what's happened today, because you've heard me rail about what I think of what's happened to radio. I thought I would get a second opinion on that. So I called him up and he said, great, let's do an interview. So for the hour today on Rock School, Andrew Harrison, DJ Organic. Hello. Andrew Harrison. Yes, sir. Hey there. How you doing? It's Joe Burns. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Nice to talk to you, finally. Yeah, good to hear your voice uh, live instead of on delay. <laughs> Five-second delay just in case I curse real loud. Yeah, mine, uh, I'm always uh, trying to keep myself from saying something I'll regret on the air. Uh, wait, come on. Always it's a, it's a, been my problem. <laughs> it's non-commercial radio. What are they going to do to you? Well, they can take our license away, so... Uh, that's true. I only slipped once, you know, it was more of a PC thing than anything the FCC would... Uh, I had a great line I've been wanting to use, but I can't because it's it's just... It it's wouldn't pass the FCC muster. But when Trump was calling uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know, the senator from Massachusetts, he was referring to her as Pocahontas. Yeah. I said, well, if that's the case, then Donald Trump must be sitting bull. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Why don't you just deliver well, it? I'd have, I'd have to get on a, uh, a K on Sirius, maybe. Oh, I like it. Deliver it and just uh, put it on tape and bleep it. We would do that all the time. <laughs> I thought about it. It's just, uh, yeah, some of my best material I have to... 
I have to leave off. Yeah, I do. I get away with quite a bit there. I did a bit the other day on, uh, it was a parody of Trump University, and we, uh, we're a big marijuana-growing county here in southern Oregon. Mm-hmm. We're one of the, in the Emerald Triangle, you know, with uh, Humboldt and Mendocino and, you know, some of the California counties. So I said, we're, we're starting uh, Skunk University. We our handpicked ganja growers come from right here in the Gone Rogue Valley. <laughs> That's not a good university for uh, a good name <laughs> for a university right in the middle of marijuana growth. Because if you're if you're putting out stuff called skunk, skunk is actually a good term for marijuana. Oh, is it really? A, yeah, it's got a skunky odor to it that you know that skunk is actually a term of endearment. Oh, really? The marijuana. Yeah, the last buds community. that. The last buds that I bought was called something to the effect of, oh my God, is that a guy in that van? <laughs> this one's for you, Alan Creed. Wherever you go. Whatever you do. Because the things that do it today will make a scene out of you. Let me tell people you're you're uh, an ex you know professional radio guy, and you were around listening to radio when Los Angeles FM radio was in its heyday. I mean, free form, no kidding, serious radio stations, KMET, the Met, you know, LOS. Right, but then nowadays definitely it oh, actually yeah. started on AM radio. Uh, with KRLA back in the late 60s, and, and some of their jocks then moved into the FM world, and uh, K-Rock actually came about in the early 70s. They went off the air for a while. They had financial trouble. They came back on. Um, but even people like Shadow Stevens, um, the eerie grin of the shadow, you yeah. know, he was one of my favorites, Jimmy Rabbit, um, B. Mitchell Reed started a KFWB, uh, an AM station, and, and he became a giant uh, in uh, FM rock. And uh, Mary Turner, Mary the Burner Turner. Right. Um, Jim Ladd came a little later, you know, at KLOS. Uh, I work with a guy at K-Rock uh, named Fraser Smith, who is really one of the funniest guys. He came, he was on mornings after he worked at K-Rock. He went to KLOS. He was the morning guy there for years before Mark and Brian came in and kind of took over that world. Um, and Fraser's actually, I believe he's doing a Sunday night show now. He's a stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, he does stand-up in L.A. Um, he's been on the, that um, last comic standing. Uh, truly funny, another unappreciated talent uh, out there. Um, but, yeah, I, I was very fortunate. The KMET uh, heyday uh, they had Brother John doing the news. Um, they had the obscene Stephen Clean, uh, yeah. one of the great uh, DJs of all time. He was in the East for a while. Yeah. A lot of people came out of there. Um, one of my mentors, Paul Four, worked at uh, WMMR out of Philadelphia, which was actually where I'm from. And uh, after I left K-Rock, I went to a smaller station that also played alternative rock, KNAC in Long Beach, and then they became a uh, heavy metal station. I was there for about three years. 
and then I had my year with uh, with Rick Dees. I was in his cast of idiots. Um, I was the head idiot, I think. Yeah, let me uh, let me ask you about that. You you brought that up. I was going to sort of lead you into it with a question. You were on what was arguably the most famous or the most popular sort of zoo format morning show in the United States. I mean, you can you could argue for Howard Stern, but he really wasn't a a zoo type morning show. You were on the Rick D's morning show, and and people knew. Rick D's from Disco Duck and and the right. fact that he was I came the... right after that. Right. I, I'm actually uh, there's a 1985 album called We Are the Weird, which was parroting We Are the World. You're on that, and uh, I actually uh, co-wrote and I was uh, singing on the first track on the album, which was called Who's the Boss. It was basically about Bruce Springsteen, who had gotten married that year to a model in Portland. Didn't last very long. Uh, but, you know, well, he's the boss, but now he's married, so who's the boss? So um, I do a pretty good brew. I used to. I mean, it took me about three months for my voice to recover yeah. after doing them. But so uh, the what's background it? for that song was Toto. So that was really exciting. It's uh, it's a pretty funny tune and, and really well done and produced. And I'm, I'm that was one of the highlights of my 15 minutes of fame, which I always tell everybody was more like five yeah. So tell me the, tell me the idea. I mean, you were, and we're going to get into, you know, one of my scream fests all the time is the idea of radio ownership and what, what in the world's happened to radio. You were there at the height of it and you just weren't listening. You were, you were there. What was it like being in the world of radio when it was as hot as it could possibly be, especially on the FM side in Los Angeles, the number two market in, you know, in the United States? In one sense, it was difficult for me because I was so impressionable, and there was such a preponderance of talent, you know, much more talented than myself, and I couldn't help but taking bits from here and there. In fact, Fraser Smith was a, was a big influence on me. The guy, he, he was just phenomenal. And, uh, and guys like Stephen Clean and Shadow and Jimmy Rabbit. Uh, Jimmy Rabbit, in fact, I, I was fortunate enough in my lifetime I got to see Jimi Hendrix perform. At uh, at the fabulous forum, and Jimmy Rabbit was the MC for that show, and the opening band was uh, CTA, uh, Chicago Transit Authority, which oh. of course be Chicago. Wow! And uh, that was when Chicago was really good. They were good later. They just became a pop band. Yes. In fact, they want they took in one of my favorite all time vocalists, Bill Champlin, who uh, was with the Sons of Champlin, and Bill had a couple hits with Chicago. Um, he's back now on his own. His son is actually an incredible talent. He finished third in in The Voice uh, at a TV show a few years ago, so a lot of talent in that family. So when you were out working in, 
in Los Angeles. You know, I I finished, you know, I finished working radio mid to a little late 90s. I never saw anything coming. I thought radio was going to continue the way it was forever. I mean, I ran my own morning zoo, nothing of the size of yours, but I ran my own morning zoo and I did all the live broadcasts and I had three or four people with me and we went round and round. In Los Angeles, was there any indication while you were doing it that something was coming, something was encroaching, or was this just going to go on yeah, forever? No, the corporate mentality was was taken over in the eighties, about the mid eighties, and that's when KMET went down. It turned into uh, the Wave, uh, a smooth jazz station, which I actually liked, but you know most people abhorred it, especially in the rock world. To them, that was a total sellout uh, when they went down. But uh, you know, I kind of saw it coming. What, what um, was the corporate mentality? When you say that, what do you mean? Well, it's just limit the playlist, keep the disc jockeys in check, you know, um, the personality radio, you know, outside of the Howard Stearns and uh, the guy in Chicago whose name eludes me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, there, you know, there were certain places where they still had that, but, you know, it, it went away really quick when, you know, the corporate giants took over and they started, you know, putting their stamp on the playlist and this is what you do and this is what you say. And, and, you know, it's, I kind of saw it coming, but you know, it's sometimes it's hard to see it coming. Who could see George W. Bush coming, you know? (laughs) True. We've got to take a break right now from our interview with Andrew Harrison. We'll be back in a minute on the rock school radio show. Hey, well, let I... me let me uh, let me tell everybody here uh, listening to this radio station how uh, you and I got hooked up. You're on one of our affiliates, one of the Rock School affiliates, KSKQ, but that's not the real reason. It's because on one of the shows, I did not give Robert Fripp, uh, guitarist Robert Fripp, enough props, and you wrote me a nasty email calling Rock School Rock I... Kindergarten, which, by the way, was a good cut. <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually interviewed Robert Fripp once. I've seen King Crimson probably three, three or four times in my lifetime. I think they're one of the, you know, really tremendous talents uh, ever since the beginning. You know, from the Court of the Crimson King back in 1969, all the way through into this century uh, when they, you know, added uh, Adrian Ballou and you know, just great players uh in the band and and just continued to evolve over the years i always thought they were way ahead of their time and so yeah it bothered me a little bit because i know they've been kind of underappreciated uh in the rock world not just you know from you but from a lot of people that that don't even really know who they are but i think they're one of the most exceptional uh bands ever in in uh, rock history so that's why i you motivated me, yeah. which was good. I I'll make a motiv- uh, I'll make a point of playing them on the show uh, while this is going on.
So what's the, what do you think was the purpose? Because, I mean, we got a consultant and we... Money. At my st- oh, my it's station. all about money. Oh, it's all about money. So what was the, oh, just like maximizing profits? I mean, it's all about him. It's all about money, you know, and, and that's what the corporate mentality is. You know, they, they're not interested really in your opinion or, you know, as far as giving you any kind of leeway to be your own personality, they wanted to shape and form. That's why I got out of it because I saw it coming and I decided to stick in the natural and organic product business. Cause you know, people got to eat. They don't necessarily have to listen to radio. What was the, what was the death nail? Do you remember what the thing was that, cause I can remember exactly what popped me out of radio. What was the thing that made I think you when I left that it all went downhill. Oh, no, yeah. I'm it was you. Okay. You mentioned, uh, as we were talking a little earlier, KLOS. I noticed KOLS is now owned by Cumulus Citadel. Oh, yeah, Cumulus. You know, yeah. they're like that dark cloud that comes what you, over. What do you think about the ownership now of uh, radio? Is that uh, Was that its downfall, or do you think it was something it's else? Absolutely its downfall. Yeah. And Cumulus was, was one of those that, you know, has a lot to do with it. I mean, there were others. But, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's our way or the highway, and... Uh, you know, it was no longer radio. Was no longer the land of the free form. That just that just went away, except for little community stations. There's actually a really good one in Eugene called KRVM, and uh, a guy who I started in radio with, Ken Martin, is actually the program director there, and uh, and they're really good. Um, so, like I say, most of the really good stations now uh, are community stations. Um, do you think there's a chance that that's going to be the future of the business, or does the business even have a future, the business of radio? You know, it's hard to say because with satellite radio, um, and I like a lot of what's going on there. You have, like, Stephanie Miller, who's just hysterical. I mean, I'd love to see her on more places. Um, there are really good, you know, there's good programming on the satellite uh, network, and uh, I think that's more of a direction. But, look, you know, uh, AM, FM radio, they're still free. You know, you can drive, you turn them on, you're in your car, and you don't have to pay anything for them. And, yeah, but uh, that's my concern. You're in your car. The the only place most people even care about satellite radio is they get it when they buy a car. And AM, FM radio, again, it's in your car. People people have their earbuds on, and they've got it stuck in their phone. It, it AM and FM radio barely break through the static and when they do it's you know it's cumulus citadel and some jukebox-esque thing people aren't doing what you and i did in the world of radio yeah i used to you know back in the 70s i'd go home and i turn the radio on in my house you know people just really don't do that so much anymore because they got their itunes they got their own library and you know, they, they kind of, because the freeform is such a lost art, a lot of younger millennials haven't, you know, unless they've heard Howard Stern, they really haven't heard a lot of freeform radio. And again, so, you got to have satellite to get Stern. 
Is anybody out there on the coast, LA, is anybody even doing freeform anymore other than the little tiny community stations? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, Fraser show, um, you know, he's pretty out there, but he's on, you know, Sunday night for a few hours. Um, that's a, another one that just came to my head is uh, Flo and Eddie by the fireside, you know, from the Turtles. Those right. guys had the great freeform radio shows for years, and it did air on KMET on Sunday nights. Of course, Dr. Demento is another guy who's, you know, legendary. Well, he's been doing uh, it since, you know, since I've been in high school. I think he's been doing it since Marconi. Yeah. <laughs> dots and dashes, man, dots and dashes. <laughs> What do you think? Uh, what do you think has to happen for the business to come back, or is it is the business just going to have to go online and go to podcast uh, format? It seems like that's that's where it is. That um, that's the direction it's been headed, and that's the way it is. And and the only you know a lot of my audience at KSKQ are friends and family from around the country that can tune it in, stream it online. And I like that, you know, I mean, that's, you know, my local audience, I have a few, you know, uh, fans out there, but it's, you know, it's, it's a small audience here. You know, first of all, the population, it's, it's not exactly Southern California here, <laughs> Southern Oregon. I mean, Ashland, I think is like, I don't know, 15, 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. And town Medford, as I like to call it, Madford or Dreadford, they're yeah. you know, they're pretty conservative there. There's a lot of conservatism here. There's there's a lot of right wing stations. Although they're kind of that's kind of why I got on too. I call myself the aggressive progressive because <laughs> there's so little of that. It's there's a lot of uh, the Limbaugh's of the world and the the Hugh Hewitts and the Eric Erickson. How come all these conservative guys always have such boring names? I, I don't know, but... They're so uncreative. They just take the first name and last names, like, almost the same thing. Here, I'll, I'll give you another one for radio. How come liberals, the, the left, can't seem to win in the talk radio or even hold an audience in the talk radio genre? They had Air America for a while, right? and it, and, it didn't and, work. Uh, Al Franken was great on that. Uh, and another guy, Ed Schultz, who was on MSNBC yeah. for a while. But they couldn't but, hold uh, an audience, it, and it died. Yeah, because that audience does is online. They just don't do AM radio. Uh -huh. you know, is uh, you know is driven by finance, you know, and that's why I think. But it, it's on the decline. I mean, Limbaugh's numbers have been declining the last few years, so um, it, it's kind of sad. It's it's the one of the free places left. You know, is is the uh, is the airwaves. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're pretty much straddled to the automobile, um, which is good in places like, you know, in major cities, but here, you know, you get anywhere in 15 minutes. So how much time are you going to spend right. listening to our radio? Yeah. It's time to take our second break here from our interview with Andrew Harrison, DJ organic. We'll be back in one minutes on the rock school radio show.
Coming out of the break, here's a question I decided to ask DJ Organic, Andrew Harrison. Okay, you were in radio for so many years. You are on the top-rated morning show, maybe in the country. What do you do after a career in radio? Well, go into farming. What kind of farming, though? Well, I'm actually a, I'm actually a grower here. I grow medicinal uh, for patients, and I also grow an, uh, industrial hemp CBD. I'm one of the only two people in the whole county uh, that has an industrial hemp permit. Wow, good for you. I'll bet you're making bank. Well, I, I will, hopefully, if I can get through the season, because CBD, if they deschedule marijuana, like I'm hoping they will this month, and get it off of one, the pharmaceutical companies will gear up and do their research. There's already a pharmaceutical company in England that has patented a seizure drug using CBD. So I'm hoping to get out a little bit in front on that. I also uh, am coming out with a uh, THC oil cartridge. I'll have CBD ones too, but my brand name is Transcendental Medication. Very nice. And our slogan is Make America Vape Again. Wow. Only a disc jockey would put those two together. <laughs> Only a disc jockey. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah, it's exciting. Um... Andrew Harrison, DJ Organic. I so appreciate you uh, letting me call you and uh, letting me talk radio for a little bit, and I thank you for being a guest on the show. I tell you what, to people like you and me who did it for a career for a long time, it's it's frustrating as anything. Well, you probably more than me. Well, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. I think you do a great job. I, I listen. They moved your show. It used to be on right after me. Now it's in the afternoon on Monday. Uh, but I, you know... I, I listen to you a lot, you know, driving home, you know, I left it on. So, um, in it, inadvertently listening. Well, it's my pleasure. Love your show and, and keep up the good work, my friend. I certainly hope to. I want to keep this radio thing going as long as possible. Thanks so much, Joe. Hello, honey, it's me. What did you think when you heard me back on the radio? What did the kids say when they knew it was their long-lost daddy-o? Remember how we listened to the radio? And I said, that's the place to be. And how I got the job as an FM jock the day.